Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. I got my Uncle Roman Harper with me. What's up, baby? I'm used to that. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm really enjoying myself, including being your uncle today. So, <laughs> first and foremost, let's all, always thank our viewers, uh, when your listeners, wherever you pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, which we have right here behind us. Tell a friend, give us a five-star rating. Tell a friend to tell a friend to do what, Peanut? Tell a friend. Exactly. Hit that review. Click follow. Do all the things that I'm telling you to do. Peanut, we're here in Las Vegas. Super Bowl 58. I like that. Radio Row, Mandalay Bay. I mean, great look, energy, at our, look at our set. Great like, atmosphere. We're right here where everybody has to come in. They got to see us. We see them. We've seen so many great friends, former teammates. We got guests for you all lined up that we're going to be rolling out the next few weeks with all the interviews and all the content that we are collecting right now. Was there a person that you were excited to see today? Uh, Yes, it was... Coach Prime. Yeah, I was excited about that one. Uh, LT, Lawrence Taylor. Yes, another good one. Who's a bad mofo. I mean, he still scares people. I don't think anybody's messing with him. And then, of course, T.O., because I had to give him some shades, because I know he's my guy. I'm excited about our next guest. This guy is one of the greatest receivers of all time. Top three. Top three. All time. One of the greatest receivers of all time, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2018. He is now an entrepreneur in the fitness game, and he is here on behalf of Eminem's ladies and gentlemen, Terrell Owens. T.O. T.O. I know your name, Peanut Tillman. You know what I mean? These don't have peanut in them, but it's peanut butter. Okay. You know what I mean? So I did that commercial. They just revealed the full commercial. I had a chance to work with Bruce Smith. I know yeah. you just had LT on, but yeah, yeah. fellow Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, Dan Marino. They showed everybody had the chance to share the screen with a phenomenal actress, 
Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, oh, that's Scarlett big time. Johansson. Well, you, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the premise of the commercial is like almost champions. So she's almost had uh, uh, an Oscar, an yeah. Oscar, uh-huh. and us, we almost won a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, all you guys. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, obviously, chocolates, comfort food. So they got this ring of comfort. You know, they made out of chocolates, M and M's, and stuff like that. So yeah, peanut, peanut, M and M's, M and M's dot com. Go check out the full commercial. Look at that. We already got the plug right here. You know what I mean? You got, right, you check got that out. Did we get some? Yeah, man. All right, cool. I, got, I brought you some peanut right here. Okay, peanut, bet. All right. I, now, I got to know this because I know you personally. So what's it like being 50, bro? I mean, you're already in phenomenal shape. I mean, how you holding on to yourself, man? You man. still looking like you ready. Eating these there, peanut, there peanut butter on them. Nah, man. The you know, hey, man, you know, as you get older, obviously body changes, things of that nature. I've been able to maintain my level of fitness just by eating healthy, to be yeah. quite honest. Uh, I didn't, I'm not one of those guys just kind of just let myself go. True. Um, I'm always trying to be active. Uh, I got my, my son is in, you know, just finished college. He's yep. training. Hopefully get on, be on the NFL team nice. uh, next year somewhere. Uh, my daughter's playing volleyball. And then my young nine-year-old, she's active. So I just try to stay, stay active, man. You still on the Waffle House every now and then? Oh, anywhere that there's a Waffle House, I'm going. And people that follow my stories, if you see the hashtag and the number, the people are like, what is that number? That's the store number. The so store number. I, yeah, yeah. So yes. I always tag that as well. I think that's the most interesting thing about Terrell that people don't know. is like, oh, no, he in Waffle House. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, people are like, oh, Waffle House is nasty. You can find healthy alternatives or options anywhere you can go yes right so for me like i said i don't i don't eat all the other stuff like i i go egg whites sliced tomatoes and i gotta have me a waffle gotta have me a waffle so yeah they got all the sausage egg and cheese all that stuff they got all of that but i just don't i don't indulge now are there any other football leagues that we're going to see you in that are fan controlled hey you never know man they got this <laughs> ufl you know what yeah. me? Now, you think you can play ufl right now yeah, I, I mean, obviously, like a I'll whole have, season or like a quarter. I mean, I would have or, to stra- I, strategically, like I said, third down and red zone, <laughs> third down and red zone. I, I mean, that's it. where again, like I said, I would be a viable option. Like I said, to go out there and run. Honestly, I got to be risky. I'm not going to run you 50, 60, 70 snaps. Right. But when you think about the advantages and obviously the game, the teams that are playing in the Super Bowl today, they are here today because they moved the chains. And third down, those critical downs. Right. And in the red zone, that's where, that's where the pay dirt is. That's where you got to score points. Look at the Ravens. Yeah. What happened with Zay Flowers? He couldn't get it right at the end zone. You know what I mean? Fumble the ball. That's where you that's where you move the chains and where, that's where you end up being in the Super Bowl by putting points on the board. Right now, money on the line. You were Ocho Cinco in a 40. Who winning? But no, would well, give me my money, boy. If you bet on him, t- t- you you done lost. <laughs> you done lost. When's the last time you timed yourself in a forty? Because I seen you run Probably a four about four. A year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen yeah. you run four yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. And what was it? Oh, four four what? It's like about a four four three, four four five yeah. somewhere. Okay, in there. all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My boy's still rolling. What you got right now? <clears throat> right now? I mean, I, I give hamstring. you like a couple minutes. No question. <laughs> that thing hey, pulled. Hey, but hey, no it ain't question. no joke though. You gotta stay. You gotta stay active though. You no gotta question. stay moving. Pulled no hamstring. Now, how do you stay busy off the field? I know you've been, you're an entrepreneur. You got yep, Prototype yep. 81. Talk yeah, that's about my that clothing line. Uh, yeah, so it's like, uh, I checked out the site. Men I liked and women, it. Yeah. Uh, so unisex. So it's like, for women, it's like hoodies, joggers, crop tops, leggings. Uh, I have a few pieces of uh, performance wear. Obviously, got athletic. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, I'm trying to get more in the trendy, like I said, the hoodies, things of that nature, street wear. Yeah. Uh, just comfy. You know what I mean? Just comfort. I would know this. If you could play for any quarterback in today's NFL right now, who would it be and why? 
Uh, I, I'm gonna have to go with one of the guys. Both of those guys that are playing in, in the Super Bowl right now, especially Patrick Mahomes. Just this ability, obviously, to play inside the pocket. Yep. And he can play outside the he pocket. Just do, yeah. When you look at my career, I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to play my tenure with Steve Young. Yeah. But you think about how he was early on in his career. Mm -hmm. Obviously, pocket passer, but when he got out of the pocket, he can make plays with his feet. Um, obviously, scramble drill, you know, for a defense, that's a nightmare. Obviously, trying to get uh, uncover guys to uncover. I made literally a living because I understood the scramble drill and understanding the duress that the quarterback is under. Right. When they get out of the pocket, all they're looking for is your team color. They're looking for the opposite color for you to th for the your team to throw the ball to. So that's what I did. I tried to get in the visibility of uh, the quarterback so they can get me the ball so I can do what I do. I call it MYA, make yourself available when that quarterback is out the pocket. And you did a hell of a job doing that your whole career. I know you're busy. You got to run. Appreciate you stopping by, now, giving us some M&Ms. Shout out got to M&Ms again. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The next guest that we're going to be rolling out and showing out to you is Victor Cruz. Now, yes, this was recorded on Thursday before the Super Bowl and Honors Night where he will be talking about his prestigious honor, which is the Captain Morgan Fan of the Year Award that he's been glorious and been the, the really the, the campaign manager. Last three years. The last three years of rolling that out and rewarding that to a fan throughout the year. Uh, pretty crazy. I can't wait to show it to you guys. Here it is. We're here with our next guest. He salsaed, I made that up, salsaed his way into the hearts of Giants fans during his career. Made the Pro Bowl. He's an all-pro. Since leaving the team, he's been on TV. He's an analyst, model, entrepreneur, and he's here on behalf of Captain Morgan. Ladies and gentlemen, Victor Cruz. 
Man, that was pretty good. Was yeah, man, you good. know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get back into TV now, like this dude, you know. <laughs> yeah, because he butchered sausage. Sausage. Well, it's a made-up <laughs> word. Like, you like, it's, a, it's a made-up word. So you can say however you That's want. That's what right? I was saying. I was like, he sausage. You can put your own swing. I blame that on Thomas, our producer. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> man, what's what's with this joint right here? What is this? So this is the fan of the year trophy for this year's fan of the year, man. A bunch of nominees from all over the country, obviously. I saw the commercial, it was great. It's incredible, right? <laughs> what's in yeah. the commercial? Describe it. It's just highlighting all of the fans of the year. Yeah. And just all the things that they go through, the process, the pre-gaming, the pre-gaming, like it's yeah. it's really intense. Like the things that they do, like you think we love football growing up, like yeah. this is a different level, different okay? level. Okay. So, and then on Saturday we'll have all of the fan of the year nominees pull up to the uh, Sports Illustrated party and come hang out with us. Oh, they're gonna be flipping out. They're gonna have a blast. <laughs> they're gonna be going crazy. I remember. I mean, I've done this. This is my third year in a row doing the fan of the year experience. And I'm always surprised every year at the level of fandom of these fans of the year nominees, bro. Like, they're second to none. All right, tell me this. Have you ever seen, like, a weird random tattoo from one of these of fans? Of course, what? Okay. That's the light. That's the least What's of what the weirdest we tattoo you've seen? Well, the Fan crazy tattoo. one, I've seen, you know, and I've where? seen Green Bay Packer helmets, like, under the armpit. I've Ooh. seen them on their, uh, close to their hearts, like, obviously, like, chest joint. I've hearts. seen, like... There, I've been to these people's homes where their houses are just decorated, Decked fully out. decorated, yeah. like not even just man cave type stuff. Like the whole crib <laughs> is decorated of their favorite teams. And the lineage goes back to like their dad's dad's dad. Like it's it's crazy. All right. So what was your because we always have one. We like to go through this with different guys. OK. What was your first like welcome to the NFL moment? Like, man, OK, this is the league. Um, okay, that's a good Because you a good crushed question. preseason. Yes. You crushed yeah. it. No, uh -huh. but you came out of nowhere. I remember this. Yep. And I, I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing actually came before I got into the, oh, I was in the league already, but it was my freshman year, my rookie year. Obviously, the second year is when we won the Super Bowl. Right. But my first year was, you know, we, uh, we played, I played that year. I got hurt. I was on IR, finished the year out. But that summer going into the next year, it was a lockout. Yeah. And Eli didn't have anybody to throw to. He lived in New Jersey, obviously. He didn't go back home to Mississippi or like New Orleans where he's from. So he's in, he's at home and I get a call and I look at my phone I'm like Eli Manning. I'm like, this got to be a, like a typo. He must be having the wrong number. He calls me. He's like, yo, I need somebody to throw to. Can you pull up to Hoboken this morning and come and just throw with me and whatever? And I'm just like, yeah, like I'm like nervous. Yeah. And I pull up and we're in a dog park outside of his crib in Hoboken, New Jersey, throwing the ball at 7.30 a.m. And he's giving me kind of the tricks of the trade of our offense, things he likes within the offense, things he wanted to see, and just different plays he likes to run. Like, I could tell that this was like, I needed to cherish this moment because I'm getting yeah. a step ahead of other people right, right now, and I need to just pay attention. And that led to us having a great rapport when the season came, and I got my opportunity and, and took advantage of it. We won a Super Bowl that year. So, like, that moment really just prepared me for, like, A, what the NFL is and what a – elite level quarterback throws like yep. I had blisters on my thumbs yeah. I didn't have gloves on or nothing I just you pulled no up gloves? I ain't even had no gloves bro <laughs> and I'm just like catching the ball and I'm like ooh that, that one that hurt, hurt. I just gotta throw it back and just <laughs> stay right strong, on the stay yeah. strong yeah so it was that was a that was one of the biggest moments for me but what was one of the greatest memories ooh. that you've had we've all been to Super Bowl we what 50 I played in what Super Bowl did you go to I only count the one I won. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Smart. 40, Smart. So 40, 40, 46, yes, right? Yep. What was the best memory you had in Super Bowl 46? Oh, man. I think the best memory, obviously the things leading up to it, right? The, the stuff with the teammates in the locker rooms and yeah. the practices, those are always memories. But, I mean, to score a touchdown in that game, 
and like what people do, and to do this. It was a bobble, but we called it now. You called we it. We called now. it. Yeah, and it was matter. funny because, you know, my, from my vantage the linebacker point. linebacker was flashing right exactly. through. I saw yeah, that. I'm looking and I, not only am I looking for the ball, but the linebacker's eyes are right at me. And I'm like, if he looks back, he got an interception. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I got to stay focused. So it hit me and bobbled it. And then I called it. catch. But what people don't know is that, like, my godfather and high school football coach were, like, five rows up from mm. right where I scored the touchdown. That's dope. So to dance and score, and I look up and pointed at them, and they up clapping, going crazy. Like that was that was one of the biggest memories to see two guys that watched me grow up. Yeah. And then to be there for one of the biggest moments in my career was was pretty cool. All right. What was it? How did you get chosen to be mic'd up for that game? Because I went back and watched the YouTube like you were talking. You were just so excited. Like Man, you can like, tell I, pure excitement. Well, pure joy. Well, like, yeah. I'm just out here. Just I like, didn't even like know that I was mic'd. I think he might have told me, but I got so many things going through my head. I completely forgot that I was <laughs> mic'd up. Thank God I didn't say nothing too crazy. But like. That was all very genuine and very, very excited. I mean, I'm a 24-year-old, 25-year-old kid that just fulfilled his dream. Like, yeah. I, you know, you dream about it, like playing on the street with your friends and the red cars, the end zone, and you in the Super Bowl, like, on, you know? So, like, to actually do it in real life was was life-changing for me. I, thought, I think one of the most exciting parts when I watched the YouTube video of you during the Super Bowl was when, for the, when Mario Manningham made that catch down the sidelines bananas right bananas. like and you just went crazy yeah absolutely. and it wasn't even your play. one absolutely. foot two foot yeah he caught he is yeah <laughs> I was pumped. it was it was good was narration pumped. that you gave when because i watched I'm it like, too because you know there's moments and then obviously going into that game you know you don't know the football gods is gonna be on your side this is the no. second time we play in the same team they got brady they got welker they got everything they've had over there that, yeah. to be successful over the last year and you they, guys just got hot in the playoffs, and we just hit it right <laughs> so i don't know if this is like nfl guys like all right it's their turn now and I'm like, not this one, because I'm I'm just my first one. Like, don't let them be it now. <laughs> let them get the next year or something. So you just don't know. And there's always a play that changes yeah. the momentum. That was it. It was the David Tyree helmet catch, right? Yep. It was, you know, Julian Edelman toe catch the on the, like, Atlanta. there's always one that shifts the joint. So I knew, Mario, if this was a catch, this was going to be the one that shifts the joint. So I'm watching, and, uh, you know, they, they uh, obviously – um, challenged it or whatever. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, one, two, get, oh, like it was just such a real moment. And I knew that that play could be the one that changes the momentum. So speaking of moments, six years, uh, what was your proudest NFL moment? Ooh, proudest NFL moment? Um, probably my first catch in the preseason. Like to have a one-handed catch up the sideline in MetLife Stadium Mom's in attendance. Yeah, you were single-digit number two when I was you first three. got. Yeah, yeah, I remember you know, this. Very you know how like, it is. They I'm give like, you the. Who is this guy that's crushing it right now? You know now. they give you the single-digit numbers when they don't think you're gonna make the team. You know they just like <laughs> we ain't got a number for you yet, so take what you had in college and live with it. You know what I mean? So, so to have a one-handed touchdown up the sideline, kind of trip, regain my balance, going up the sideline against the Jets at the crib. I lived twenty minutes down the road. Like all those things culminating was like. Okay, this is a moment. And then to proceed to have two more touchdowns the rest of that game. Yeah. And then kind of just be like, okay, I, I belong here. You know what I mean? Like, I could play at this level and really do it at the high level and see where it takes me. Like, that was that was a moment for me. For sure. I, I don't think enough people understand is when you have a great preseason game, like, everybody else in the league is put on notice. And then, like, bro, you they can't cut you no more. Like, yeah. Yep. Like, he balled out. You 100%. get three interceptions in a preseason game. You score three touchdowns. You made the team that year. Absolutely. We're going to find a way. They're going to figure it out. <laughs> and I remember playing special. You know, they do the special teams thing. You're trying to find your niche. And yeah. And I just wasn't a special teams guy. On like, any of them. On any of Me them. Me neither. I just wasn't that guy. <laughs> you know, I, I tried. I tried to do it. 
But, um, you know, I got an opportunity. Some guys were hurt and some guys didn't play that week three against Philly. And I got my shot, man. And I ended up, what, three catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. And it was like, oh, okay, we don't need to put you on special teams. You got a niche out here. We need yeah. to put you out here so you can use your athleticism and use your kind of, uh, you know, spontaneity while I'm out here playing and creativeness and go out there and perform. All right, let's talk about the transition because, you know, this is the NFL Players Second Acts podcast. Okay. So let's talk about this second act that you've been on. You've been a TV analyst. You've done uh, like you're doing right now. You, you said you want to be an actor. You said you want to be a TV host before your show got messed up during COVID. But golf. Mm. Let's go there. My guy's paying attention. He's looking at the joint. Let's on go my there. He's watching things. It's yeah. A, like, golf has changed just, it's such a life sport, yes. right? And I'm going to be honest, it's my daughter that really got me open to it. Because I heard about she's been that. playing since she was five. She's 12 now. And I went to go, you know, I wasn't going to watch her do the lesson. And I wasn't even into it when she was five yet. It wasn't until she was like seven, eight. And I took her to her lesson. And my daughter's very energetic, rambunctious, loves to talk loud, moving around. And we get to the course, and she's like, Daddy, I want to warm up a little bit before the lesson starts. I'm like, cool. She dropped three balls on the putting green, grabbed her putter, was like, quiet, calm down, like, hit three. And I said, this is the sport that gets you to shut up? <laughs> oh, I'm doing this with you. Like, we're doing this together. <laughs> yeah. And you never seen her like that. I had never seen her just be locked in like that. And I was like, I want to play this game with you because, you know, I just want to go on this journey with you and see, and see where it lands us. So I started taking lessons. Realized very quickly that I need to take a lot more lessons <laughs> to figure this thing out. But once you hit one flush, it's nothing better. Oh my God, it's nothing better. <laughs> Trying to recreate and that I've moment been every time. Addicted ever since, bro. And I've through that addiction and through me getting better over the years, pretty, pretty fairly quickly. Because again, I'm I'm addicted, right? Yep. I can't go. How much golf you play a year? I mean, last year, and these are just the games that I log. You know, on the Grant, I have the app. Yeah. I played 36 rounds of golf last year. And those are the ones that I just put into the app. Right, right. I played maybe 50-something total, like, because I'm traveling here. Golf clubs is with me right now in the hotel. I I'm never traveling mine. without them. I'm playing against Saquon tomorrow. So, like, bring your A game. <laughs> so, it's always the competitiveness is yes. still there. But the camaraderie is what I love the most. And then you get the opportunity. Like, I got the opportunity to play at Marco Simone and at the Ryder Cup at that Pro-Am and be in Italy and like play a, play golf in the you know in the illest spot in Italy like yeah. you can't beat some of those things man no. and, and it's just opened up so many more doors and resources and just people that it's really been a, a game changer for me. The amazing thing to me what I learned is that if you're like halfway decent, I don't need you to be in the 70s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you be in the upper 80s, low 90s, you're like right. we can play. You can get around. And then like you will get invited to so many other people because people love to play golf. 100%. Yeah. The it, first thing I learned, first lesson before I even swung a golf club, my instructor said to me, he was like, I need you to remember two things. I need you to play fast and have fun. And I was like, okay, I could do that. Like, <laughs> in the beginning, you know, you're hitting it all around. You're like, let me pick this thing up and meet you at the next tee. But I ain't about to be back here right, right, hitting it a right. hundred times. As you get better, though, you start to understand the game and you understand how to hit balls and you understand. Like, I'm a G outside of the rough in the bushes because that's where you get the most practice the first two years is like, I'm going to hit it out of these bushes. I'm going to hit it out of there. I'm always in trouble. So I can get that practice. Now when I get in trouble, there's a certain confidence to get out of that. Or yeah. if I have a window, I know how to hit it out of that. It's the same in life, right? Same thing I tell my daughter is like, you get into these troubles in life, you got to find that window to hit it out of. You got to mm -hmm. find that little safety net for you to say, okay, how am I going to plan myself to get out of this jam that I'm in? Right. It's no different in, in, in golf than in real life. I stay whooping your butt in golf. Every time we go, I <laughs> like stay. That? 
I stay. Oh like my god, that? Rome is terrible. Rome is terrible. <laughs> but speaking of entrepreneurship, right? Yeah, I know you got an investment in Eastside Golf. Correct. What do you like about their brand? Oh man, I, well, first of all, I just love that they're two young brothers that yeah. are just figuring it out. And, I got stuff with them, and um, and, and just venturing off into a world that doesn't have many people like us in it. Yeah. So because of that, and because of their authenticity, right? They're real golfers. Like they're really nice with it. Obviously, Elijahwan's still trying to become pro and do all of those things. Like they're really real about it. Not just two guys trying to make some money off some golf. Like these guys are really passionate about the sport. They're walking the walk. And that's what really uh, kind of gravitated me to them. And then obviously uh, having two guys to just talk to about the game that have done it at a very high level and through the college ranks and all of that good stuff. It's just good to have guys like that in my back pocket. And then from a business perspective, I just saw the growth of golf from when I got into it around the COVID year or whatever. And just to now, it's grown exponentially. Yep. Yeah. And I kind of saw that early on. And I was like, let me get behind these brothers and see just where it goes and just have have a some cool stuff to rock when I'm out there playing <laughs> and then B be behind something that's authentic and see uh, and just kind of see where it takes them. I just ordered a shirt. I didn't know nothing about it until you came on and I'm looking at the bio. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, East like, oh, what is that? Okay. And you yeah. still think he beat me in golf. He didn't even know about East. Yeah, it's golf. starting to be a little shaky now. It's starting to, <laughs> the, the like, facts ain't starting to shake up right now, exactly. to be honest. <laughs> exactly. You, you see, I didn't say nothing. I'm like, I don't okay. oh, it'll play itself out. It'll <laughs> play itself out. <laughs> exactly. Rome ain't never beat me in nothing. Uh-oh. Okay. okay, that's why he's crying now. That's look at him. See, okay. Look at him tears. Okay, that's why he. Again. That's why he crying now. He cry every time I'm right. Oh wow! Every time I laugh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no. So last thing, and I want to get you know after this, and mm -hmm. I, I want to bring back up this Captain Morgan thing. Yep. And so, for you to be the league spokesperson and that man uh, that that represents the fan of the year for the last three years, you said yes, sir. Like, what is that? What does that responsibility come with? And how does that make you feel? Because I know, you know, playing in New York has its own uh, its own advantages. But you're from there mm -hmm. being a part of that and now doing this and being part of the NFL. Let's talk about that. Well, it's pretty incredible. Right. Because if you look at my journey. Right. I'm I've always kind of prided myself on being the people's champ. Like I'm I'm grown. I grew up right down the road from Giant Stadium. I'm the guy with 25 family members at the game, all from Patterson, moving around. You're going to spot them when you see them type of thing. <laughs> you know who they are when you walk through the stadium. And I've, I've always been just mixed in with the people. So I've always, you know, when I'm at the mall in Jersey or I'm moving around, I move around normally so people see me and they kind of go, you just walk around here? No, I'm like, yeah. Like, the same to thing I used to do when I was a kid walking yeah. around. It's no different for me. So right. to be to always be, you know, to always carry myself as a people's champ, as a man of the people, in my opinion, to be able to represent Captain Morgan and represent the fans of the year, it just makes sense because I'm always interacting with the fans all year long, every day, no matter if I'm in New Jersey or if I'm in California or if I'm in Vegas. Like, the fans are everywhere. So to be able to represent all of them and to be able to hand them this award and be like, thank you for your fandom and thank you for your love of this game that I grew up loving my entire life, like, it's a pretty big honor for me and something that I don't take lightly. Yeah, I know I said that was my last question, but I lied. Okay. See? What's he next? Lies. He always lying. I'm telling you. That's What's what he next does. for Victor Cruz? Because you, you do a lot of different things, and I know you got a lot of different goals, but I want to know personally because I see you on TV, but yeah. what, what's next for you in your mind? I mean, I, th I think it's so many things. I think it's continuing to navigate all these spaces. I always look at my life in pillars, right? Sports is one pillar. The entrepreneurship is one pillar. Uh, me in the TV space is one pillar. So as long as all those things are moving at the same time, um, I always want to be in those things together. Now, yeah. one may show his head and be like, okay, this is 
a big deal that's risen up from one of these pillars that you should yes. take seriously for a minute and kind of put push those things to the side. Then when those things come up, I'll do that and and, uh, you know, uh, approach those things accordingly. But I just want to move all those pillars together. I remember somebody told me a lot of little checks always add up to one big one. So yeah. as long as I can continue to do that and continue to provide for my family and my little one at the crib, like we're good to go. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Hey, man. Appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, you, Captain Morgan. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see who the fan of the year is. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Thanks for you too, man. I've been a fan of you guys forever. I'm just happy y'all ain't picking me off. You know, I'm a receiver. <laughs> Glad these guys have never intercepted me, never had to deal with trying to chase them down from behind after a pick. So thank you. I, 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 we in New Orleans, we used to love seeing the Giants because we had Eli's number. So like it was never good. I mean, we played y'all one time and I don't, this might have been just after you. And we was, man, by the time we looked up, the game started, we were amped up, and Drew Brees scored on us like four times. I looked up, it was 27-6. I said, man, this is over before it started. And then I looked around at the crowd. I was like, I wonder what the crowd's doing. And I looked at the crowd. Everybody was partying. Like, they wasn't even worried about the game. Not Women had her back turned with an umbrella like, yeah, we hanging out today. I said, oh, yeah, let's get, let's get on the body here, man. Ain't no point in playing this one out. So blessed to have T.O. and Cruz on the show, man. They did an awesome job. Dude, why you just catch me off guard like that? It was like quiet. So, okay, anyways. I didn't know I had to look at you. <laughs> I didn't know I had to look at you. I, but you looked is, at me right. You were like, this go. Is, this is live TV, and this, this is what is, we do. Oh, my God. And so, look, thank you for always tuning in, all of our viewers, all of our listeners, wherever you pick up your podcast. That was Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And you, give us a five-star rating, click follow, give us a review, and we will see you later. T.O. Cruz, appreciate y'all. Thanks. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now.